it wasn't really a like a legal category ever. <laughs> you know what's absolutely depressing mm-hmm. um, is that in America, if I go out and about, mm-hmm. uh, I'm likely to see about 25 breed of deer, four breeds of wildcat or dog, maybe a bear. Um, mm. But how much better would my day be if I got to walk outside and there's like a giraffe? Sure. As, sure. As, yeah. As, as some ze- hippos. A zebra. No, that's not a good day. No, I don't want to see, see a hippo. hippos. It's a bad day. That's a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> <They're not> fun. <laughs> be interesting. Just drive by overholster. There's a hippo. <laughs> Hang it out. Cry down both Knock legs. Knocking out kayaks left and right. No. I said it would be interesting. It, uh, so I think you should leave reference for the kids at home. Uh, I, no, no hippos. No, thank you. We're just such a like we always you know complain about how cultureless we are we are as a country we're also the wildlife less yeah yeah it's just, it just mm. i don't care Gee, about I wonder well, we used to have have 40, interesting but we don't own anymore i wonder if there's ex- any any history extenuating circumstances to contribute to the lack of <laughs> ethnic culture in this country or wildlife diversity i wonder uh, if there's any there, anything happened there, there could have been but, but i wouldn't hmm. know hmm. things hmm. that make you say hmm Hello, welcome to the Good Trash Wildlife Cast, where we t- where we talk of zebras or other wild beasts. Other things. So we could have huge rodents roaming the countryside, but we we killed all the beasts. Unfortunately, rodents of Not unusual size. We could have rodents scurrying about building things. I don't believe they exist. No. Giant beavers. They're so big, dude. Everything think about how big a beaver is? It's like sixty pound dog. Mm-hmm. They're huge. It's actually the show where you talk about the films you'll never discuss in a film space course. This week's film is Jock of the Bushveld. There you go. I about said Veldbush. It's all made up words. Afrikaans is not a real word. <laughs> no, it's a made up language. The, the Dutch ruin everything, including language. Um, anyway, uh, this uh, I'm still Dustin. I am still Arthur. I am still Dalton. And this movie comes on recommend from Seb. Hey, Seb. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Seb's from Zimbabwe, not South Africa. Mm-hmm. But um, Seb is a very, very fun kid. But apparently, this, I guess this film slash book have cultural penetration throughout Southern Africa. Is that, that the situation? I believe every young person has a DVD of this in, in their library of a certain age. So yeah. it's like what? Page Master for us or something? Something like, so yeah. Zimbabwe, Namibia, South Africa. You know, I've never you got seen this one. Page Master. Kind of after your time. Yeah, I missed that one. It's never, it's never ending. Never ending story. Yes, I think. Yes, yes, something along lines. Or Man from Snowy River. It's, it's got yeah. real Man from Snowy River energy. Not old, old yeller. He's really missing missing out on Pedro. That's all I'm thinking about. Right. Right. Are we we're gonna, gonna do a show. We, some I think we're gonna have to I'm cover down that. to watch it. That's Chris Columbus, right? Maybe. I think it is. I could be wrong. In partnership with the <laughs> Library Systems of the America. Sailor? <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> Filmed in 1492. <laughs> In case you're tuning in for the very first time to the Good Trash Honor Cast, you're listening, we want to let you know that this is an analysis show, not a review show. And that means we're going to spoil Jock of the Bushveld. A which, nearly 40-year-old TV film. Which, by the way, I called in the first scene and um, made Seb. I watched a Seb mm-hmm. and uh, made, made oh, Seb. Oh, you've Cat. seen a Dog and His Boy movie before then. Yes. Yeah. And I was oh, that's I know what's going to happen. And it, it was funny. Did you feel proud of yourself? I did feel proud of myself. No, no, mostly I felt the proud oldest of, plot of the world. Well, just the way he cackled. It was more like he was having a good time. Yeah. And him having a good time made me have a good time. Now, has Seb seen Old Yeller, which you call he had um, not. American Jock of the Bushveld? I ha- well, it's more the yearling than it is Old Yeller. That's fair. And uh, and we had a discussion about the yearling, old yeller, and um, young Kurt Russell. I don't know the yearling. yearling. It's a deer. Yeah. Mm. The deer gets in the, co- in the corn. But was Kurt Russell? That, that, one's, that one's Kurt Russell. Is it one of his Disney movies that yes. he did when he was young? Mm-hmm. Ah. So, What's the other one uh, with the, the bloodhounds? Where red fern yeah. grows? That's, there we go. Yes. Yeah. yes. And it strong, obviously, mm-hmm. red fern grows energy. Yeah. Homeward uh, Bound? 
Homeward Bound. And I want notice. I wondered if it was going to go into a homeward Homeward Bound plot at one point, but it didn't. Uh, uh, cool. Uh, would have been dope. It would have been fun yeah. with Michael J. Michael J. Fox. Anyway, the spoilers that we're trying to avoid, we keep avoiding from this movie from nineteen eighty-six. Unless you've seen any of the other movies we referenced, and then you probably know things about that. So you can tune into the first part of the show and then decide whether you want to catch Jock or not uh, by paying attention to these particular markers in the show programming. First, we have a synopsis, which will be, of course, spoiler-free. Then we'll have quick thumbs-up, thumbs-down reviews, which will talk about things in the movie, but not, like, the plot of the movie. Then we move on to a game called Explain the Syllabus, where we might have thematic spoilers. Very likely. And then we move on to our um, analysis. There'll be music to let you know that we've gotten down to business, and uh, that's when we find out that the whole time the dog was a secret agent from the CIA come to kill the Irish. And... The troubles have set. Something like that. Um, so there you go. That's kind of the way it all works out. That joke makes better sense if you've seen the movie, probably. Anyway, maybe we're all rookies, I assume, to this movie. I think the world is a rookie <laughs> yes. uh, in the West. Well, with, and as I say, five total reviews on Letterboxd. For the record, if you are, are interested in the Bushveld, number one, it's on, it's on YouTube. Number two, you can enter the cheat code that allows you to request movies for the show without giving us money, which is be a student of Arthur and Dust, and then you just get to hack your way into programming right for us. Programming. Yeah, we'll or, do- you know, have a really interesting suggestion that none of us have ever heard of. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that's a friend and have something interesting to say, and that, yeah, that, that yeah. I do a thing. I'm always game to talk about a, 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 a especially foreign film. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I now, I, I was curious, did you guys know it was going to be in English? I wasn't sure if it was, was going to be in Afrons or not. So I didn't know either. YouTube immediately played another movie direct following that was in Afrikaans. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Seven, I watched it for about 35 seconds. Yeah. That bad? Yeah. We were like, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good. I did. I mean, I I guess I just presumed that it would be English. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense. Uh, I want to contest point before we get further into anything. Is this a TV movie? I don't know. It, there were cigarette burns on the print, so I, I can't think find was, out anything about it. I think it might have been. The, I couldn't find it either, but I think it could have been theatrically distributed. But it does very much feel like a Disney it's Channel shot, like movie. looks like. Yes, the print is the aspect ratio. Yeah, and so I, I tend to think but, but, everything about it just felt TV. It felt like a DVD brought from a print to me is what I wondered about, and from a from a thirty five millimeter mm-hmm. print because mm-hmm. there were, and the, which was formatted to fit your TV screen. Mm. Like they do oh, back. full screen, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah, back yeah. back in the day, and uh, because there were cigarette burns, burns uh, mm-hmm. from the reels, mm. and so I, I, I was curious, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't think it matters. Um, most people watch this on televisions and not at theaters, is what no. I would assume. Now we could have watched the 2011 computer animated adventure Jock the Hero Dog. Uh, good. We could have. There are a couple of adaptations. There's a 1994 one too. I mm-hmm. think it's live yeah. action. Yeah, and that was more of. Still, this I think Jock the Hero Dog is like a you know not really based on the book anymore sort of situation. Uh, he's a hero dog. He is a sort of a heroic pup. This you, movie was banned in Zimbabwe due to its South African origins. Oh, really? You know, well, well, you know there there is there's um ought between the nations down there. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a sort of a whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not aware of what somebody it is. from Namib tried to explain it to me one time, and then I nodded and smiled a lot. I once talked to a person from Botswana. Mm-hmm. That's okay. a story. Yeah, I, I have a friend who married a dude from Namibia and had that's some uh, fun stories. I actually had a conversation with some Namibian um, farmers in eastern Colorado who that's had cool. emigrated from Namibia to farm in Colorado. He was uh, a geology guy. Uh, his 
see, he had siblings that worked on uh, Fury Road, though. Mm. Speaking of the films made That's in fun. Southern Africa, not necessarily of South African origin. Um, but yes, you know, there's there's film production down there, just like there is everywhere. Uh, yeah. Um, we've learned through chit-chatting before sitting down to record this that uh, we don't know a ton about South African movies. No. <laughs> we pretty much were able to pull Gods Must Be Crazy 1 and 2 and District 9. Nine. I don't think any of us can think of anything else, really. really. No, but the list. So probably an underrepresented Nashma. Yes. Uh, in some ways. And I'm, and I'm sure there's some stories to be told. I did notice this in a thing I was reading about the, the history of South African cinema, just sort of, it was observed how often stories about South Africa get told and sort of outside of South Africa. And I mean, obviously, uh, here in the States, there was Invictus, what, 10, 15 years ago, now, I guess 12 years ago, now yeah, or so. something like that. Um, Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2. Sure, sure. Very interesting for 80s America to be like, you know, worse than we are. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You take a win when you get it. In Oklahoma, we're thanking God for Mississippi every year. You know it. You know it. Love to be number 49. That's it's a good thing. So um, let's do some reviews, shall we, on uh, Jock of the Bushveld. What do you think of the movie, Arthur? Oh, Arthur hasn't done a synopsis yet. Oh, have we done a synopsis? No, we've, we've just been chatting. It. We've been, yeah. Yeah, you got sidetracked with the rails. The Vivians. Amphibians. Amphibians <laughs> and Botswanians. Based on the true story by Sir Percy Fitzpatrick, the film tells the adventure of In the Bushveld in the in the late ages. Fitzpatrick is an Irishman who goes to, to the Southern Bush to seek his fortune. I was a knighthood, so I called it. I called it Fastian kind of lilt he had there. All right. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed his name. He was Irish by his name. It's Patrick. That isn't uh, Irish McIrish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing more is McWhiskey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Potato McWhiskey. <laughs> Just be, be nice. Be nice to my people. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody knows the troubles <laughs> they are. Seen. All right. Well, <laughs> that. Oh, okay. Well, Art, what do you think about this movie? <laughs> oh, man. Um,. Yes, it is what it is, I guess. At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. um, dog's cool. Uh, I like dogs in Keep movies. Up. Yeah, he's a good pop. Hey, that yeah. dog goes to the gym, right? <laughs> that dog works out. That dog's swole. <laughs> dog is ripped. It's a swole yeah. dog. Uh, man. It's Apparently, a- staffies are known for their muscularity. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, good boy. Uh, they found a, a, a random Hemsworth relative to play lead. Um, like, like Liam's long lost cousin or something, I think. He is a Hemsworth looking ass, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he looks a lot like one. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, nothing happens for about 40 minutes. Uh, and then there's kind of a native uh, as they are running cattle or making a delivery or something. And then everybody hits, gets hit with malaria, including the cows. Yeah. Uh, and then there's just a montage sickness. of, uh, of, uh, our, our, our uh, Patrick McPatrick execute all <laughs> cattle. diseased cattle. <laughs> there, there's a, a lot of cattle execution. What's the animal body count in this movie? God, uh, I mean, I guess they don't give us a number on the cattle. All of them, yeah, but a lot. Yeah, quite a few. Well, there's presumably some of the cows get out. Yeah, but the uh, the wild animals get get got. Yeah, a couple of don't know what happened to that baboon. Pronghorns get hunted. Oh, that baboon gets, I don't think it's a baboon. It's some kind of monkey, but I don't think it was an ape. It gets murdered by Jock, for sure. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Even if it has a monkey kind of shape. Oh, really? Okay. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's not a monkey. It's an ape. Really? 
Okay, so that was an ape, I suppose. Because, it, it, you know, it had sort of a hairless baboon's ass, but did have sort of that blue face thing you think about with baboons. Well, that's a mandrel. Is that what that was? I don't know my, I don't know primates and monkeys very well. I know the great apes. And that's know about all my it. cousins. Yeah. Yeah, I know all the hominids. Yeah, that's right. The fun little revenge plot to take down that shopkeeper's a good bit of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Mustache McMustache face is what I kept calling him. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely uh, a sparse. I don't, I don't, I mean, presumably trying to make this a kid, kid's movie, they cut out a lot to make it palatable. Yeah. I would presume. I, you know, I expected more just because of being from the apartheid era still. I expected more sort of overt bad racial politics. And it's sort of interesting how the film is not quite doing that, really. Mm. There's a lot of racial politics. But. A little bit, but sort of, sort of like well bad racial politics. You know what I mean? Mm. With, with uh, Fitzpatrick, sort of. Oh, I was thinking about, uh, what is the, what is the zoo character's first name? Day. Yeah, well, I, yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, uh, I kind of checked out here and there. Uh, I was a little more uh, into it once there was something of a narrative taking place and mm-hmm. action was occurring that wasn't just uh, Fitzpatrick running around with the dog playing fetch. Um, That's riveting, man. Uh, it's something. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I do like all of the fun animals. Uh, so that part is fun. Uh, seeing lions and giraffes and rhinos. Like, I like that. Dang pronghorn. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's fine. It's uh, it, it was 90 minutes and it was made of movie. It was 90 minutes made of movie. Very good, very good. What do you say, Dalton? Dog, I hate it when my rival narks on me to the school marm for making for me out with the barmaid. But I love it when my rival dies of malaria and I still get to marry a school marm. It's sleeping sickness he dies of. I love it. On the end. That all works out in the end. That's 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 what the lessons we learn in Jock of the Build is that actually if you're a colonizer, it will probably work out fine. Uh, at least, you know, in 1870. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It's not really about anything, which is frustrating mm-hmm. because this is like, I, again, it's it's like watching a movie set in the American, you know, I forget what the opposite of antebellum is, but war sort of mm-hmm. era. Re- Reconstruction. Well, yeah, can you really call it an era if it only lasts eight years? Um, but yeah, I guess Reconstruction through to the post-Reconstruction mm-hmm. era. Like that era of American history or even... Again, like the 19s, 1920s, like a f- talk about a fraught era and then just not really dealing with that at all. When we have plenty of movies that do that, too. I'm not I'm not trying to say that like fooey on South African mm-hmm. cinema or anything. We have we have those movies, too. And it is just like frustrating when you watch one of those movies where you're like, oh, my God, there's so much like dire shit happening just outside of the frame that we're not talking about. It kind of makes it hard to watch the movie. Yeah, but it, isn't it kind of like um Mark Hamill telling Harrison Ford, shouldn't my hair be wet? And it's not that kind of movie, kid. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. I guess that's fair. But I want on all movies to be that kind of movie because sure. I'm deranged. Well, you to that point, like, I mean, it's not really, I mean, it's kind of a boy in his dog movie, but that's not really a big part of the movie. No, because he's not a boy. He's a grown man. And then. So it doesn't have that whimsy. And then there's just like kind of series of him going on, on to get XP. Something with I don't know <laughs> to to sort yeah, make his bones as a colonizer of the South African bush like yeah well, yeah what is Fitzpatrick's ultimate goal he does kill that crocodile it's pretty cool and he kills that uh, 
you know, hunts a couple of times, but he's, he's like hunting and journaling on the bush and like a bookkeeper for somebody. He's sort of a jack of all trades. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's kind of that a good joke. way to put it. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Like, so Percy Fitzpatrick, or was it Percy? Sure. Is that whatever? Sure. Yeah. The guy that this is about, like, wrote a children's book. And for for those of you who are wondering a lot about this, this made for TV or maybe theatrically released movie. <laughs> uh, we're not sure. But it was based on a children's book, a South African children's book. And it is like this guy telling it was like the, the bedtime stories he would tell his kids and grandkids about his cool bush dog. And then he ended up making it into a narrative book. Uh, that has been reprinted with uh, prejudicial racist, racial views uh, removed. I, I learned from my, my brief research on the uh, publication history of Jock the Bushveld. And uh, I don't know, that kind of gross stuff might have been more interesting than this sort of sanitized mid-80s movie that we get that tries to, uh, you know, there's a moment where Fitz, Fitzpatrick learns that, you know, racism is bad and they should do your best to, like, mitigate the damage of it. Of it. But uh, we don't really do a ton with that. And then one sort of as Dustin was alluded to there is one Zulu character that we uh you know is there has a paternalizing view yeah, view yeah he's me uh, and make everybody feel better they feel better kind of a weird movie in those 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 regards you said like I'm kind of hung up on that shit because nothing else happens I mean there's the the plot with the, the school marmer made that I alluded to so there's that that kind of kind of happens I guess that that's sort of the halfway points conflict I guess that's sort of one of the other problems it is doesn't have any sort of real central conflict we mm-hmm. kind of just go on from one adventure to another and you know we're all for sort of narratively loose films i think that's something that all three of us are can be on board for but uh something else has got I mean, to be going on less happens here than in jean dillman i'm surprisingly no no i'm i'm in agreement <laughs> with you i know what you're saying i know why dustin's disagreeing with you but i also get what the you're saying they're about forty thousand times higher in jean dillman yeah <laughs> No, literally the stakes. No, I agree. They're they're in the upper cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild how a movie that is literally twice the length of this film and features no adventures in the bush is infinitely more captivating than this ninety-minute children's <laughs> film. Wow. Uh, yeah, bad movie. Don't recommend. It's on YouTube if you're curious. D- Dustin, what did you think of Jock of the Jock of the Bush? Oh, it's that bad. No, it's so fucking boring. Boring. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, it, okay. This this didn't make fun of it the entire time. Yeah. Well, it does help. Um, <laughs> doesn't help the movie's argument. Yeah, that's the premise of a show that I host. I understand that making fun of a movie can make it a better time. But no, no, no. Listen, it. it, it this guy is an old grandpa just telling, you know, random stories, you know, to grandkids. And so, so it's got that sort of vignette kind of structure. Sure. And so, I mean, that's the thing you've got to get on board with. And it's yeah, like, hey, the old man's entertaining. There's the <laughs> there was a time I hunted the kudu. There was a time we had to cross the river. There was a time, you know, my, my buddy who was the enemy suitor for my love. This is the rambling old man that's just sitting in the nursing home. Well, you know, I like rambling old men in a nursing home. I'm, I'm soon to be one. And uh, no, I, that that I think is all fine it's green hills of africa by ernest hemingway meets the where the red fern grows and then that's okay with an adult you know sort of you know instead of kids that i i think that's all fine so i wasn't bored by it and um yes are there problems in it yes sure there are but no i i like a little african adventure i'm just you know this is where was it where was it the adventure the kruger national wildlife reserve there was no adventure in this movie. I, I thought that that was a funny joke. Well, no, Arthur. you've got a hunting a kudu is an adventure. Is it training a dog is an adventure? Is it? Uh, uh, okay, 
if if you're not the kind of person who has sat through and enjoyed someone's slideshow of their vacation, this movie is really not for you. And I, I know that sounds boring. Boring. <laughs> I have it. I have a good time. I like like what. Doesn't like to travel log. I like to travel. I like to come to me and say, hey, hey, this is the time I went on a trip. I, I will sit to you, and you can tell me and narrate your trip through the pictures. That's something I'm game for. Dustin is in your corner if you want to talk about your vacation. I am. I want to hear about your vacation because maybe I want to go there. And maybe I know some things and maybe we can... I do you want to go to the Bushveld now? Yes. I do kind of want to go to the Bushveld. I will say that. I, yeah. I, I want to get my malaria shot first. Yeah. Well, the pills are terrible. The malaria pills uh-huh. will have, give you the weirdest... Dream, ma- ma- malaria. Delirium. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And so the medication kind of gives you kind of... Like, like low grade malaria. Interesting. And it's very, very unpleasant. I'd love to have a weird dream. That, well, no, no, you, no. <laughs> the bad trip. No, but no. Bad trip. I, I did not have a good time. No. No. <laughs> One star. Would not recommend malaria pills. However, I I, I think Jacques of the Bushveld does tap into that sort of made for TV, kids movie. We got some people, some actors. We got some sets and some locations sort of scouted out. Just want to throw something up on the screen. And will you eat popcorn while you watch this? Yes. Will you enjoy the popcorn? Yes. And the movie, the movie makes the popcorn better. As a kid who grew up, grew up watching Wish, yeah, um, the South Africans set the bar so low for children's entertainment. I mean, I can't argue with that. They just set it at the ground level. Yeah. This uh-huh. is good enough for you kids. Pretty much. Don't need a narrative. Did Seb? You don't need a plot. I know we're. I know we're still hung up on theatrical <laughs> versus made for made for TV. Did Seb, know anything about the history of this movie? Uh, we didn't talk about anything. Outside of Johnny Clegg, did you talk about Johnny? Did talk about Johnny Clegg? Like you talk about seeing Johnny Clegg in concert and how it was a banging show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now Arthur, you mentioned and this he's and saying every word to the song as it played Heart. over the credits. Yeah, yeah. That's it what I was about to say. Greatheart was apparently. Yeah, Seb told me one time that that was just like an absolute banger and everybody knows it. Yeah, yeah. Just like one of those songs that pin. It's like Danger Zone or whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah. It was Everybody fun to watch. Knows it. That's so fun. I so, love that. I had a I had a really good time watching the movie. I mean, company. I mean, you know, setting and set. Sure. You know. Sure. Speaking what? of malaria pills, <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice. I imagine to watch. I mean, that is sort of, I guess the the test case. Like, if you were interested in mid children's entertainment mm-hmm. from throughout the world, uh, especially the the anglophone world, like this this is interesting mm-hmm. in that regard. I'm still with Arthur. I think it's pretty tedious i think it's i think it is exactly what you said is mid children's and entertainment yeah uh from the two-thirds world and yeah i'm, I'm kind of down with that so eh, eh. the poor children they could have had so much more <laughs> yeah <laughs> they well, got the worst thing they could have got it does it does make the uh, clamshell vhs i had of old of old yeller oh yeah sure yeah 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 yeah, yeah and the, uh, with the narrative a movie that I, I think is also you know pretty what, minute, if I remember right. I, I, I think I know that I've seen it since I was a kid. Let's, okay, let's remember either. the audience. The audience is eight-year-olds. Sure. Right? And so the eight-year-olds are going, that is a cute dog. Oh, he's a good boy. He is such a good boy. That's oh, true. they love each other so much. But and is an eight-year-old going to care about the barmaid and the school marm? Not really. But and the, the roommate <laughs> rival? Well, the guy that we've identified with. I did with, when I watched Lonesome Dove. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. They're, right. they're going to identify with him, and they're going to they're going to see a villain. And Why are they playing for a poke? <laughs> well now um god i wish i could have watched lonesome dub with 10 year old arthur what a joy that would have been in for in for a poke uh, <laughs> should we try to expand in the syllabus we we probably should but no i i was just making an argument about still the, here. the target audience that's fair no, that's i think i think kids would be and would would again if they're sitting down to watch it they're the kind of kid that would sit down and watch a movie would you show this to rosie 
Um, not yet. Okay. No. But not because never. you think it's bad. I, not, not ever. But no, I don't think it's a never movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Well, she has sat through the never-ending story. There you go. Sure. So a good movie. <laughs> I, hey, haven't seen it. Don't look at me. <laughs> it it, it never-ending story is definitely better than this. Sad. Maybe Depend, depends on where you are, man. Whatever hits hits is, is, is it's a thing. Is if it, if you catch it the right time, it hits. I think. Okay. I, my thought. That's okay. Fair. Let's expand the syllabus. syllabus. Dalton itching to do so. Explain what that's about. Yeah. So so this is the show where we talk about the films you'd never just never discuss in a studies course, but we, we try to do it in a film studies type type way. What does that mean uh, that means we're going to bring in other texts that sort of. Uh, obliquely connect to Jock of the Bushveld, and we're gonna say this is a class you could use Jock of the Bushveld in. Uh, maybe the class is like firmly built around Jock. Maybe Jock is just one of your texts, but that's that's the gist of it. We're gonna we're gonna put together a syllabus for a a, a class of some kind to involve this film uh, as one of the required readings. That's correct. You could come prepare for the syllabus, my friend. I do. Yeah, I've got this idea for something called the Undiscovered Country, and obviously, undiscovered is in scare quotes and italics and. We're sort of doing a wink when we say undiscovered. Uh, and it would be film sort of about frontier lifestyles. And I think the class would be uh, examining those stories and how truthful they are. Uh, and I guess by truthful, I mean, like, what tales do they decide to excise about uh, sort of the places that they're about? So we've got some Westerns or Western themed films from across the world. Um I have more grounding here, and I, I assume there are like South Af more South African bush movies. I didn't uh, any of my research, but I did think think a lot about Australian westerns mm -hmm. I've seen uh, uh, stuff like Quigley down, Quigley down Under and the and the Proposition, uh, and then that Ned Kelly movie with Heath Ledger and Orlando Bloom. So there's, there's like a oh, and the Man from Snow River. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, have you seen Quigley? With I've, a, seen, with I've a, seen Quigley many uh, many have times. Have you seen Proposition? Proposition. Proposition. You would like Proposition. It's Guy Ritchie or not Guy Ritchie? Guy Pierce. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's written Cave, uh, the musician. Oh, okay, so I, I like the screenwriter. I think he's the composer on it on it as well. Uh, I forget who the director is on that, but it's kind of an interesting one. But again, rabbit proof fence. That probably counts. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's not what it's called. Is it it's not? got Sears Ronan in it or not Sears Ronan and Mia Wasikoska. I'm not sure. I know what you're talking about. It's okay. got one of them. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe we could look at the gods must be crazy. That's not really a, a Western, but it is mm -hmm. sort of about colonization and mm -hmm. modernity and, and hunter gatherer societies, even though I guess that the people depicted in that film are depicted fairly inaccurately as I understand it. Um, but I also would look something like, uh, the searchers and there will be blood, mm, yeah, uh, to go pick. to our American films. Um, and I think I got as much as I hate to make people watch it. I think the nightingale would sort of be our, our useful text here where we go, here's sort of the history of, Western films and, and scare yep, quotes. I thought about it a lot. Frontier films, right? Mm -hmm. Sort of talking about the long history of movies that tell the story of the undiscovered country, and then maybe we could use the Nightingale, uh, uh, a horrific film uh, mm -hmm. about, about uh, mania and uh, its its, it's colonial history, um, and that that would give give us some ground. Say like this is what colonialism looks like. This this the systems that allow this sort of. Uh, nightmare to occur where people guns show up in a place without guns and say we're in charge now um and i think that, that that's probably not a fun class but i think it's a useful class what oh, i had some other texts my class is less fun so it's okay that's good um i thought agiri the wrath of god i thought good for this mm, too mm. um and which i haven't seen but you know i'm aware of as well as the hbo film bury my heart at wounded knee i, thought I saw that would be a sizzle reel this. of that movie of the mick jagger bits just the uh, this is last week really yeah 
That's funny. Just fun. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I have another one. No, those were sort of my, my Oh, I, I thought it'd be a Raul Peck's docu-series, Exterminate All Brutes. Uh, probably wouldn't. I mean, that's kind of a long docu-series, but parts of it would be super useful mm. to sort of talk about not only the history of, you know, global colonization, but also like more media depictions of, of sort of the people of the global south and sort of how media allows or supports these kind of things and how they happen. And then in Jock... Is there there is sort of simple of like how you can sanitize all, all this stuff good for kids and we kind of complicate that talk about the utility in that versus uh, sort of the damage that can do. Uh, Arthur, what about you? How would you teach uh, the Bushveld and this this cute little pup? Um, yeah, yeah. So we are still no consensus on whether on whether or not this is a movie or not. But watching it as we kind of earlier, it feels like it's shot as a as a made for TV. I mean, it's Absolutely. just very much. In the, the shot, in the and that could just be the resources of the production mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. But there's also just a very distinctive look if you go back and kind of watch these, these sorts of uh, 70s, 80s, especially the kind of lower quality, cheaper made for TV movies. It has a, bad, yeah. you know, a lot of medium shots, a lot, a lot of static cameras with some pans, not a lot of dynamic movement there. And that's what it really reminded me of a lot of kind of, uh, you know, editing shot, reverse shots. So, you know, probably nobody's actually out there with lions or tigers or whatever, but it looks like it because of the way it's edited together. Um, and so I was thinking a lot about the made for TV movie, mm. um, which has obviously evolved a lot because of HBO and then streaming. But I, I, I think specifically of that kind of seventies, eighties and nineties period where the real broadcast era, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the, the made for TV movie was thing. And then the kind of TV mini series as well, <laughs> like, you know, tune in or the three part series coming, you know, lonesome dove. Yep. You on the on the docket mm-hmm. because it, it is sure. in this vein. Well, and, and bury my heart at wounded knee, which yeah. I mentioned in the HBO movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I'd probably stay out of HBO though, because it's not TV. I'm thinking about yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's HBO. <laughs> it is oh, really a broadcast my. thing, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, sure. These series are popping up on CBS or NBC or C or a big event thing. And, and I mean, you had stars. Stars. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'd probably talk about Brian's song along with James Carly D. Williams. Uh, this one of the most noted, I think, of these made for TV movies in the late '70s. Uh, based on true story, James Con playing a uh, uh, football player with terminal cancer, and this is kind of relationship that builds, and it's got the the kind of racial dynamic as well going on uh, with it. Uh, so, so we take a look at that. Um, I think we would take a look at it. Would be a, a lot of fun, sure. Like, you know, bringing in this big uh, IP uh, to adapt. Lonesome Dove, obviously, being another big IP there uh, to adapt. Uh, with just a lot of uh, great uh, cast in that, uh, Tommy and Duvall mm-hmm. and uh, Danny Glover and, I mean, just everybody. Was, isn't Stoltz in that? We were just talking about Eric Stoltz on the drive up here. Is Eric Stoltz in Lonesome Does he Dove? play the kid? No. Oh, it's Ricky. That, that's right, Ricky Schroeder. Hender. Ricky Schroeder. That's right. No. He plays Woodrow's yeah. Yeah, son, maybe. Um, yeah, Chris Cooper. Though. Oh, yeah. Chris there. Um, I gotta see that Diane Lane. I've read like that book halfway through twice. I, lo- I mean, yeah, miniseries is great. Uh, we'd probably take a look at uh, so I think it was NBC. They did a series that did like uh, in the late, late 90s, but they did. I specifically very much remember their Odyssey adaptation mm. that they did. I watched that in school, Odysseus, yeah, yeah which yeah. is really cool. Uh, and then they, you know, the spell effects were like, wow, for a TV movie, mm-hmm. um, um, which is a lot of fun, and so I think we'd take we'd take a look at some of these made for TV movies and talk about about production, and we probably talk about Psycho a little bit too, too, which is utilizing uh, a lot of the Alfred Hitchcock uh, materials, sets, crew, uh, stock. I mean, mm-hmm. it's shot like a TV movie, but 
uh, done for theatrical distribution to capitalize on the sort of schlock era of the time. Mm -hmm. And so we may take a look at that as well with that. Very, very cool. Very cool. I like that very much. Um, so I think, Dalton, you and I have just created a class. Uh-oh. It's called um, Suffering 101 <laughs> through the media. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, okay. It's a, the, the most unpleasant class of all time. Yeah. And so um, I would call my module The Undiscovered Country Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Sorry, kid, you're going to die. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and uh, the children's films that teach us morality. Mm, interesting. Then, okay. And so uh, obviously Where the Red Fern Grows uh, mm. comes to mind uh, very much here. Uh, another other film that is probably worth looking at is a 1990 film, My Girl. Um, and yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, he eats his glasses. Yeah. Um, and maybe we could talk a little bit about Never Ending Story because our tax scene is quite moving and punishing. But there is sort of this interesting moment, especially in the 80s, in bleed off that, that sort of long 80s into the, into the, you know, 92, 93, in which there's a lot of children's entertainment comes out that is just laser sharp focused on mortality stories mm-hmm. for the sake of children just by the way kiddo everything dies one out of one people dies and uh, somehow that's that that, that becomes king mm-hmm. and that there are a number of these movie on the eye chart is mortality so why is that is a question i don't have it to but it does seem to be there does seem to be a glut of those kind of stories coming out at that point. Now, there, of course, there's others. I mean, we've talked about Old Yeller. We mentioned the, the, the Yearling, and there are a number of other movies um, that, that might also fit in this. Mm-hmm. I, I thought even a little bit about John Wayne's The Cowboys as just an interesting uh, pair. Yeah, sure. With this particular film, yeah. and uh, so, but especially at that particular moment of the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not really making a Reagan association other than just sort of naming the, the uh, president at that time. Um, because it does seem like there was um, a, a greater emphasis. I, I, I have this sort of intuition that there is a greater emphasis in children's entertainment for that kind of narrative beat yeah. or overall pl- kind you of still focus. still caught that in like, even in, all the way into the aughts, you know, there's Bridge to Terabithia, the sort of like a kid's mortality movie. Is that a kid dying movie? Yeah, I it's know. a kid dying movie. And I can't remember if the last Mimsy, if that kid dies or not. Um, no. I've never seen either of them. I'm just kind of vaguely aware, aware of them at that era, children's and films from that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I know Terabithy is like child death is like a major component. component yeah, of that. there, there seems to always have been some, some of that. Yeah. But again, it just it seems like there's there was a rush sure, there for a minute. Sure. And again, the, the, they they are. I mean, kids sort of talk about the first book I ever read or the movie I ever saw that made me cry. Mm-hmm. Like that's a thing, and it's almost always involving some issue of mortality mm-hmm. uh, connected to it. So. Anyway, um, yeah, tune in um, as Dalton and I co-teach um, <laughs> Suffering Through Media 101. Yeah, we're really going to ruin your day. Colonialism, and then, <laughs> we I don't know, what else can we talk about that would be just so painful? Uh, yeah, show. show. Oh, yeah, we Jesus. Holocaust movies. Yeah, sure. Holocaust movies gets its own little section there. Yeah, yeah. Is there a Diary of Frank movie? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I don't know if there is. I'm sure that there is. That sounds awful. I'm sure there is, though. I, I, I can't, sure I can't imagine it's not. I'm sure there's a TV movie oh, from man. from Amsterdam or something. Did you want it to be the good movie of the year? <laughs> I just let me retcon that. Uh, retcon the Diary of Frank. I saw him again today. <laughs> there are other sort of like suffering notes. You got you know first touches with mortality, genocide, and colonization. I wonder if the other big sufferings. Uh, I guess like anything about. I mean, I guess martyrs fits in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything about martyrdom? Just an entire <laughs> module on French extremism. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, die Hard. 
you know, as a he movie suffers. Medic. He suffers. He does, suffers. He does suffer. Buster Keaton, one of our great cinematic suffering sufferers. More fun suffering than yeah, air. Yeah, we can have the module on on fun suffering. Yeah, action movies three and stuff. And yeah. yeah. Fun furring. Yeah, fun furring. Fun furring. <laughs> well, let's talk some fun furring, shall I we? I think we shall. Let's, uh, I think it's time we all get down to the business. question mm-hmm. you mentioned the cigarette uh, this is just a, like, like a technical question because i'm not sure so you mentioned the cigarette burns in, in the film mm-hmm. why is that make it specifically a movie thing and not because it's still shot reel to reel on tv well, right because cigarette burns are used for projection in theaters as a marker that's mm-hmm. a marker for projectionist to is that know done by the editor it's done by well, done by the projectionist as they get the reels, they get the reels. They'll burn them, gotcha. and then that way they have a, an a indicator marker. to okay, it's time switch. to start getting ready to yeah. switch up the next reel. Okay. Yeah. So, so it definitely would have screened in theaters, presumably. I, I assume you didn't watch the 1080 version because I did watch the 1080. Oh, I didn't even notice cigarette I burns. didn't either. Yeah. I well, guess it was just our TV. I, well, I, I was clearly more interested in the film than either of you were as well. well that's probably fair. Yeah, I mean, that definitely. I, I can't imagine that's not partially to do with it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm out on this one. <laughs> I looked up every five minutes. Yeah. Saw nothing was happening and looked I, down again. I watched my my little look. I got as much out of it as y'all did. I did, you know, paid very little attention to the first half. Yeah, yeah. Now, played my little weed farming and selling sim that I've been addicted <laughs> to all week. Basically, the whole t- time I was watching. I did my best. I looked up. He was playing fetch. I looked up. He was talking to the sex worker. Mm-hmm. I looked up. He's talking to the teacher. Yeah. Which you can watch Gene Dealman that way too. <laughs> you can get the whole movie in ten minutes. I did also watch Gene Dealman that way a little bit, a little bit. Uh, I, this is, I, this is a good test case, truly. Uh, what the, it's just kind of worked out this way. We've got a ninety-minute movie that is very bare bones and kind of shoddy. Promising adventure. Promising adventure, sure. And then we've got this three-hour-plus-long art film, anti-film that is just. I'm sorry, way more riveting. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, and I know that that says a lot about me and, you know, my uh, love of movies and how much of them I've watched over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. But at this point in my life, I do not have 90 minutes to spare for Jock of the Bushfeld. But I, I will wonder give if there is a little bit Chantel of Chantel Ackerman 3. Of a audience finding formula in which, you know, if you shoot a movie in Oklahoma, Oklahomans are more interested well, you give Killers of the Flower Moon the best picture and call it a day. Right. If you're right. in Oklahoma. If you're from Oklahoma. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's like, yeah. you, you sort of like, there's grace points or something that's sort of added to it. Yes. You totally. know, for something like that. I've, I've been to Zambia um, and spent some time there. And so I, I wonder if that isn't part of it for me as well. Me as well. Thinking, you know, I, 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 I oh, and that's a doll's gazelle and, you know, that kind of. What's the time, Arthur? Uh, uh, we're at like 38 minutes. Okay, so Dustin made it, made it 30 minutes with, before we're mentioning that he's a white guy that's, that's gone to Africa. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, not, no, I would, I'm saying like hilarious. a lesser person would have mentioned it in the first five. I'm giving you brownie points for that. Okay. I used the context of the malaria pill to realize he probably went. I did too. Yeah, so. I figured it out. He didn't have to like, he didn't fully say it. So, so it's is a nostalgia there, thing, though, right? I, mean, I, mean, I think they're, yeah. Because that had to just be a like, trip. I did that place. You know, they, they they shot out a movie in my hometown kind of thing. Mm-hmm, it's like, sure. oh, I know that building, that, that building. I yeah. do the same thing when I watch movies set in Manhattan. I've been, I've been there. I've seen the Times Square. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I don't, but I'm, real seriously, though, I, I, I think that, that that might be 
a thing for viewership. And that's probably part of why a movie like that does go ahead and succeed in its regional audience. That there's a, a the, the, the town that dreaded sundown from Texarkana. Yeah. Almost everybody's seen that movie. And they do festivals. and Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Twister. very proud of it. Yeah. Twister for Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 A bigger, you know, a more popcorny movie than Killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think people but... outside Oklahoma probably, there's a bigger audience for Twister than there is sure. Killers. for 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 the town that dreaded sundown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Killers has got a bigger than Oklahoma viewing as well. I think it's got Twister levels of viewability. I think you look at the box office and see the... I think Twister probably had more cultural oh, breakthrough, honestly. Yeah, probably yeah. Than, than, than that. Than yeah, Killers. but I'm thinking filmies, you know. Sure, sure, sure. I'm assuming a lot of people probably, people probably waited for films so they could take those pee breaks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just thinking Marty Pills makes a movie, people are going ca- to catch it now. But I think I think you get a good you got you got a good point. I mean, I mean, the childhood story deals with mortality. It's like almost involved, almost always involves the death of, you know, a childhood sweetheart mm-hmm. or an animal. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes sense that, that the region, regional specificity of something like Jock of the Bushveld would really speak to people, not just from South Africa, but from all, all over Southern, 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 Southern Africa. Africa. Yeah. yeah. The, the bush touches like where you're the geographical boundaries of your nation. I can imagine like this being like really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause how could it not be? I mean, yeah. you've got this whole like, you know, crazy, you know, shrubland uh, that's like out your back door. Like I'm sure it's like very like romantic and even all of the thornier bits of how those geographical boundaries came to be drawn. Sure. Like I'm sure the bush is like, just got sort of, I mean, you know, Australia loves that they're out back and, and they're bush. like, that's just part of, uh, we love our fucking, yeah, the Appalachian Mountains, like, mm-hmm. where, where your wilderness exists as a culture, like, there is, you know, mystery and, and adventure to be told. Well, I mean, speaking of Australia, you know, Quickly Down Under is definitely an international film, did great in yeah. American audiences, is yeah. having a great Tom, Tom Selleck grand star for the, the film, but you know it, oh, it did gang in Australia. Oh, yeah. You sure. know, I mean, I mean, that's just, just assume that kind of thing, and yeah. I, I think there's that kind of connective tissue is probably part of its audience finding and if you're not part of that audience if you have you don't have that connection it's probably a bit easier to check out yeah right that's fair and so i mean you know that we're just sort of trying to um ask the why question of why it hits and why it doesn't hit and for whom it hits and why and so um i, I think reader response theory is kind of what we're doing here dear listener if we're, we are actually doing film theory here and uh, we're, we're talking about these sort of named identified audiences of given films and every film has that um we talk a lot on the show about the four quadrant film mm-hmm. which is the uh, particularly an american style of filmmaking in which you try to make a film that hits all the quadrants you know it's, it's good for the youngs it's good for the old it's good for the men it's good for the women and if you do that then it's you know that's the best movie and it'll be your blockbuster and uh, so that's one of those things did you find some australian monies for quickly that's too bad yeah, i'm not seeing numbers apparently it was a huge box office flop oh yeah so well the sharps rifle is impressive though um that's funny i honestly would have guessed that that i look at the box office numbers on that i would have guessed that that kind of hit it at the time go figure yeah who knows well well westerns uh there's fun it made 21 off of 18 that's rough. That is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody was happy to see that on the balance sheet. Critical responses were mixed. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of a it's not, it's, yeah, yeah. not a great movie. Yeah. Uh, so I was reading about the book and I couldn't, I couldn't find the whole, you know, plot summary. Um, my, my brief search that I did, but I did wonder if the thing about, about being the, the runt of the litter from drowning was in the book. I imagine mm. it probably is. Has to be. But I didn't find it in anything I read. Uh, but it is like a kind of a textbook save the cat moment, right? Mm-hmm. If we're talking about like screenwriting. screenwriting yeah. yeah. Um, I've been noticing a lot of those lately, even in 
you know, things are coming out the, to this day. I've noticed a couple of like you gotta little, establish a hero. You gotta show something likable. It's sort of just a classic thing to do in your in a in a screenplay, you know? Just that that brief little bump of uh, audience familiarity of like, no, no, you can trust this person, don't mm-hmm. worry. Um just a, a classic moment that I thought was pretty obvious. Uh but nice, you know, he scares off the bully and saves the pup. Of course, that's that's very wholesome. Mm-hmm. What's not to like? Yeah. But yeah. I, there were there were moments that I would like if not like fully on board with them, I was like, okay, I see like how this would make a child very like how this would really connect if if I were a kid, you know, watching this. Oh, sorry. you made a face. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. I was just you I was know, just thinking about this. Just thinking about that save the cat <laughs> moment. I thought, oh, this is pretty. This is pretty good. Um, I, 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 the guy drowns him in the bucket. I think that's a fun. That, that, yeah, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, yeah. There mm-hmm. are bits in this that that work. I think. The the uh, scene where Jock you know chases after the, the kudu that he mm-hmm. chases after and gets you know bopped in the head it's like very that's a very intense intense and like hey, what's uh, Jock don't chase him chase him you know, for me mm-hmm. I was on board yeah. and then like all, and then like all of the, them trying figuring out that Jock has gone deaf deaf after the three mm-hmm. I really I mean that, that that third act works for me for the most part yeah, I, would agree, I, I agree think the that. ending flops the the ending is just like up and there yeah yeah it just feels so anticlimactic in mm-hmm. a lot of ways that's fair. Um, but that that the the journey though, I think you know from about that time, Jock goes deaf to, I guess them getting back and him, you know the the school mom coming back. Um, it's pretty good. That's that's where mm-hmm. most of the plot is, as the mm-hmm. narrative is, I should say, because that's where things are rising and falling and things are happening. Um, and I think that's fun. I like the conflict with the shopkeep guy, mustache McMustache mm-hmm. or something, you know, mm-hmm. with the baboon. Or whatever it is, because <laughs> it was Dave's baboon, right? Dave's not here, man. And then it's the shopkeeper that throws Jock at the baboon. That, that was very trouble. I didn't like that. Gotta I, be honest, yeah. you know that's well, not fun to watch. There are two sort of ethical, sticky places in the movie, and one of them is animal cruelty. Yeah, I yes. mean there are um, a lot of dead animals, you know, throughout the movie. I mean there are really actually dead kudu. Um, they they cut a he is about he sticks a knife in a kudu a kudu to drink. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean and that's you know pretty well happens. happens in the movie. I don't think they had had a budget for a fake kudu. Well, but, yeah. they're the dead staffy. At the, at the end of the movie, you know, spoilers now, um, Doc dies at the end. And who would have known? Who would have known? Couldn't have, couldn't have guessed myself. Let's see. Yes. <laughs> the, the Don dies at the end. Is Jock dies at the end. Well, it's better than that movie, so I'll give it that. <laughs> it's been 10 years. And he's still been out of shape. He will about never let that out of his teeth. Never. He's going to rewatch he's it. Like a sta- he's like a Staffordshire Terrier. He doesn't let anything out of his teeth. Hey. Okay. Um, I, I, Locked uh, in, baby. Your spirit animal is Jock. Um, we now understand you so much better. But no, I mean, there, there's a lot of that that goes on. And, and again, the really deeply, deeply troubling is the dead animal, you know. Yeah, where'd they get that? I mean, I don't know where they found a dead one, but, you know, they had one on, on time, and that's troubling, because that, that, that is a dead jock. Yeah. You know, at the end of the movie. I, I also thought that would look like a dead-ass dog to me, yeah. too. And, no, know? he ain't acting. That's a dead dog. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I don't know. Maybe he was acting. I want to believe. Because that dog's a pretty good actor. That dog mm-hmm. is a game-day player, but the yeah. dog has to breathe. Breathe. And yeah. I was watching it for chest motion, and that dog dog was not breathing. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. So, yeah, I'm indicting the movie for the Milo Notice Award there. Well, speaking of things going to die, I mean, we should probably talk about... Look, disclaimer, 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 we know shit about South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's, let's start but, right. We do have this moment, moment of... Uh, 
the slave, slave driver beating uh, somebody in there, and Fitzpatrick like like laments about man's inhumanity to man and how he's not anything. Literally about says it. man's inhumanity to man. Literally says the words. Yeah, which is not great writing. No, but you know you gotta say it. You know, slow for slow Joe in eighth grade or in third, third grade. <laughs> third grade. You're eight in third grade is what I was thinking. You know, save it for, you know, it's a kid's Slow book. Joe in the back row. Yeah. <laughs> of, of eighth grade. Of eighth grade. In a room. Yeah. yeah. It's a kid's movie. In Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so he's like. Well, slow Joe's in 12th grade now. <laughs> yeah. Still oh, needed to say boy. it's slow. We won't talk about Ryan Walters. We don't have time. Oh, uh, so anyway, he like goes over to this guy and gives him water, and it's just sort of like a, a very it's a it's a very backhanded way to sort of say, "Hey, and in this bad." But then there's the thing that character is such a goober. I mean, used as a goober. What is he? What is the only thing in life that gives him kicks is making people from the other tribe drop luggage. That is the entire thing <laughs> that he does because he cannot let a tri- tribal sort of you know. You know they're unruly. You can't control them. I mean, there's there's African propaganda to this film. Yeah, and it is that paternalism that that they're children, and we have to sort of help them along because they just don't let it slide. And again, the worst it gets, he makes people from the other tribe drop their luggage often, um, which is funny, I guess. But yeah, I guess in the book, there's even more like you know mixed tribal like uh, pre- prejudice and and sort of. Uh, I don't know. It's it's much worse uh, from what little I read. Well, about. the thing that I learned in eighth grade. Okay. If you spot it, you, you got it. The tribalism. They can't get over their mm. sort of prejudices. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a way in which there's a reflective mirror. I think there on South South African culture, apartheid culture. Mm. You know, just a little bit there. Sure. That's a fun, that's interesting. I mean, that is you know the sort of the, the sticky thing of like post-racial theory right like mm-hmm. it's a it's an ideal to work towards but like you do have to recognize that like these systems exist and we're not done mm-hmm. you know figuring out how to with them or dismantle them yeah um i know this i i couldn't we're still you know cooling down from the end of your sprint mm-hmm. and so i just recently you know watched Ava duvernay's origin and, and listened to the isabel wilkerson book cast that it's based on so a lot of that stuff's kicking around in my mm-hmm. head while i'm watching this it's just kind of hard not to think about oh of. you know that actually brings up something for my syllabus way back when uh, yeah what's up totem uh the mexican film which is a mortality movie as well from i don't know last if i know year. about this one yeah, this one. yeah it was very good okay. and a uh, very sort of fly on the wall wall kind of style interesting but it's a good movie so i so i recommend be good for the sort of mortality piece of the, the class mm-hmm. but mentioned a 23 i want to throw, yeah, that, throw yeah, that in there too but anyway i just thinking about sort of the nice idea of moving you know this this being very 80s and sort of the way it doesn't want to address race and again mm-hmm. like this is a south african culture versus u.s 80s culture like i i'm out of my depth obviously mm, but it sure. is it's just interesting how the film sort of not addresses it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i i like your point about sort of the way it's there's some sort of backhandedness hiding and this well-meaning sort mm-hmm. of execution yeah it's kind of a kind of a classic benign racism shit right interesting that's yeah, all yeah absolutely it is um are there other analytical handles that we want to address we we talked the the sort of incipient racism and the animal cruelty that was the sort of biggies for me um get, get the save the cat moment yeah it's it's just sort of interesting you know to, to kind of take it 
out of race and sort of invention of race and like take it to something like more concrete concrete like colonial structures it is mm-hmm. interesting like how many how many stories there are yeah like the great the great white white adventure discover the new country mm-hmm. i mean i mean i didn't even have this with piano i mean there's like plenty of shit, shit that i didn't sure. that like it, at very least like butts up against this this idea um and, and you know definitely like, these are all all the movies i'm talking, movies I'm talking about adults they have a lot more a lot more fiddle on it but it is interesting that thing does seem to want to, to address at least that there are other people here there mm-hmm. were pe- people here were the settlers of of south africa not here and it, it like kind of wants to talk about it but it you can tell the movies like couldn't be further from the, the main thing it wants to be yeah about. well no, i'm censors you know like you can i can imagine right yeah. like that has to be part of it especially air you know the as intense as things were getting in that era yeah, this is the high um sanctions era yeah so i mean that this is where there's a lot of pressure uh from the, the international community including um the the commonwealth of the uk mm. which in all the commonwealth nations were in the process of signing documents to sanction south africa britain being the holdout uh for the longest time on that shock to everyone i'm sure but um that's you know that's a, that's an intense moment you know so they are yeah. where they're sort of international, which is why I assume that there's so much of that stuff not in the movie, mm-hmm. right? Because the era, I mean, you, you can imagine that that's like not something that, that uh, a, a sort of mainstream production is wanting to, even, especially one for, chil- for children, wanting to deal with it at all Out, outside of like, hey, don't be like a violent, violent racist. That's come on. That's fucking easy and easy, especially even by even by 80. That's 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 easy for a lot of people <laughs> to be at least, you know, on a wavelength. Um, oh, I, I did want to mention one thing. Just ask the question um, if we want to talk about it, because there are a ton of the movies that are mortality movies for kids. Yeah. Should we be having mortality movies for kids? And when should we have? And how do we, you know, there's an entire moral question, because I understand there's an impulse amongst parents to sort of protect. Yeah. And then, of course, there's another impulse like, well, you know. Hey, man, it's been just bread and butter for 80 years. For a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, I, it does seem like the pendulum has swung a little bit the, the other way at times and it just culturally it does seem that um millennials and um some of the younger exers seem to shelter more their, their own children their you mean? own children mm. Mm. Well, interesting i don't i don't know yeah i haven't got to that point yet so i haven't really thought about it yeah i don't know man uh it's tough because i feel like it's always going to come back to some sort of like kids days or soft bullshit sure yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's not good no but at the same time like i'm a bad person after this right like, like uh i you know i you know in sort of childhood relationship sure. mortality because mm. yeah so I, I don't know i'm always always on on the like don't use kick gloves Kids yeah. are still figured out. Right. You need to be real with them. You need what life is like. So I, I'm in favor of this kind of thing, but you're right that there seems to be a cultural pendulum. Where was your, when did you kind of have, you know, these movies with your, your, your boys? The boys? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, you have the most experience out of the three yeah. of us of this nature. I let my cats Because Rosie's a very, want. very different question because her mom died when she was nine months old. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, like, she's had a hyper-awareness there. I don't know about movies so much. Uh, as much as being in a clergyman's home, my kids went to funerals really early. Mm. Lots of funerals. Yeah. yeah. And so, I, I have to think on it, but, I mean, I know we watched never ending story and i remember 
Josiah crying a lot for Artex. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I watched My Girl with either of them. I don't think I've seen My Girl since I saw it in theaters, mm. actually. But I saw My Girl in theaters. I think you should watch it now with your oldest. With my you oldest. In the office. In the <laughs> office with Isaiah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a time. Um, <laughs> he can't see without his glasses. Hey, man, he's allergic to bees. Um, Isn't there a My Girl too? Yeah. yeah. That's there, what I thought. Yeah, he comes back. <laughs> I was a zombie, wonder, zombie movie. It's like, what is My Girl 2 about? <laughs> she goes to visit family She's somewhere. She's adolescent, yeah. Uh, and there's like one more flashbacks or... I don't remember. I've only I, seen like once, maybe. I, I never just saw it, so I, I just know. know. She goes to visit family for a summer or so. Like, she's just a couple years older or whatever. Okay. Some more coming of age stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kind of like, I mean, you're your kid. I mean, I just grew up with kind of death around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We lost lost an uncle like, I don't know, 1990s, so like four or five. Like, I, I was already like at funerals and wakes. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, like I grew up. I have like distinct childhood memories of sitting at wakes and mm. drinking coffee as people stayed up all night talking about dead people. Like, so yeah, like that. They mor- dropped flies around me too. That mortality thing has just always been part and parcel to who I am. So I like, it was like a really distinct thing because like Keisha had really never experienced death in that way until into her twenties kind of. And mm. so like, it was much, you know, kind of a weird experience, the dynamic to bring together because I've just always known that thing. Like, yeah. In the last 10 years as an educator, I mean, I seems like overwhelmingly yeah. the, the students when it comes up and it doesn't come up a lot, but I mean, you do literature. And so mortality is a question of literature. literature mm-hmm. And it's, I am sort of always amazed at how few students have ever been to a funeral. But I've also... I haven't all. really thought about that, but I've also thought about like I've had, you know, since adjuncting and now at least at least three students who would lost parents, mm-hmm. you know, while at school. So like that being part of their journey as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. But it, is, it does seem that there there is a needle to thread there as yeah, some like, introduction needs to happen, but I'm, I'm not the know your own kid. Maybe is probably the better. Advice. I mean, yeah, I guess like, yeah, the, inter- not a the yeah, intersection so. of, of like media and cultural literacy with, uh, early childhood development. That's mm-hmm. sort of a weird Venn diagram that I've never, cause you know, I, again, like my dad had bad boundaries with media and I saw sure. plenty of stuff that I probably shouldn't, mm-hmm. but like I turned out okay as a, as the joke goes. Right. Um, I don't know. It's it is tough. I think every kid is probably different, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it depends on how early you get desensitized to, you know, uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but also like on screen depictions of mortality versus, you know, knowing about real stuff. I don't know. Yeah, uh, as I think about it with my sons, my oldest son, I know we've seen lots of things where people have died and where there've been sort of like emotional connections, and he's always been just kind of fine. Um, but my youngest, I mean, it's always been. Pretty, pretty hard, hardcore tears, you know. I mean, I, he was a teenager, and we watched Titanic for the first time, and uh, the moment that killed him is uh, Benicio, which is which is uh, Leo's Italian buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, the um, smokestack fall, falls on him, and, like, man, he lost it. Yeah, it's one, of the, it's one of the best characters. Yeah, he lost it, so, you know. It's an interesting question. Yeah, and I think that there is utility in the kind of fiction, though, for mm-hmm. sure, for that reason. Reason, right? Right where the red fern grows, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. that's why. You... That's that. There is the lesson, or or um, yeah, what's the horse one by the Oklahoma author? You know what I'm talking about with the with the, with the, the horse. The kid, the kid loves the horse, and the horse gets into a cattle grate and breaks his legs. <sighs> yeah, I've heard of this. A movie or book? It's a book. Oh, I read it. 
I haven't. Right. I know what you're talking yeah, about, but I don't know what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I was traumatized early. I guess as far as reading goes, I read Redfern Grows early, and I read mm-hmm. that we book read as well. Redfern Grows as a class in elementary school. That was like read to us, mm-hmm. like every you know other day for two weeks or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we we read that one. The teacher read that us to us aloud as, as like sort of a. It's a Wilson Rawls book if you're needing an author. Gotcha. Um, beauty. This was just called beauty. Yeah, it's called beauty. Okay. Um, hmm. There's nothing interesting about the Irish diaspora in this movie. No, you know, other than that, that it exists. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's pretty thin, unfortunately. Sure. There's not a ton here analytically well, that's that we have. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything we haven't touched on that's sort of valuable. Um, the randomness of life within, you know, obviously we've talked about the yeah. mortality, quality stuff. Yeah, yeah, chance. Yeah. Yeah. The chance and randomness that sort of will haunt you to you. Um, that's kind of a, a note that I don't know what a lot of this has, or, or at the very least, it's good, I think, a note for this to have is sort of that, like, you know, Jock dies because of a an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, Jock kills the dog that got into the hen house and it gets shot because the guy can't see who it is. And Yeah. Um, well, and when George, or yeah, George dies because the Tetsy flies are supposed to kind of go deep at night and they just don't yeah. at this one yeah. time. Yeah. 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 It is. That's I forgot about that. That's how George gets shot. Mm-hmm. It is sort of interesting. Um, George, that's a weird, it's weird that the one scene that sort of leaves Fitzpatrick is George telling, um, oh my God, whatever the school mom's name is, I can't think of her name. Lillian. Lillian. That's like the one scene that doesn't involve him is George telling her about him seeing her with, a uh, Maggie, mm. the barmaid. That's sort of, a, you know, from just as far as like a character perspective of the movie, it's sort of interesting. That's kind of the one time we leave Fitzpatrick's point yeah. of view to, to have that sort of moment of intrigue as it were. Um, and of course it's, you know, yeah, I, lo- I kind of love the execution of that, that she like, doesn't, she like believes him, but doesn't care. Mm. She's like, wait, you're making something out of this. That's not anything. And then, and then of course she walks in on the smooch mm-hmm. as, as a classic thing to have happen. And, uh, literally any story, <laughs> I will say there is a, a smash cut for George's death. That is hilarious. It's not supposed to be hilarious. Yeah. In the movie. Because, it, because I mean he's sick, but he's sort of sort of sort of kinda of again and he's 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 gone wild for wild for that moment. Jock the bush dog is sitting there by him as he lays there sleeping. And the next scene is, is they're bare. Mm. Yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. It, the dash cut is abrupt mm. at that particular mm. moment and is somewhat hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just rando things there. Yeah. Little bits of business. Well, let's go ahead and render a verdict then, shall we? On I suppose we should. Jock of the Bushveld. What do you say, Arthur? Uh, you just trap it. It's, it. It lives where it needs to live and nobody knows about it. So that's a good spot for it. I've become sort of an expert of late on the things that are on YouTube. Uh, I can tell you <laughs> that there are a lot of movies on YouTube. And there are much better ones than Jock of the Bushveld. Basically, every Buster Keaton short is on YouTube. Your time is much better spent elsewhere. Sorry. Uh, you only got so much time. In you this can watch one. Tokyo Story on YouTube. You can. Uh, you can? Yeah, and it's not that much longer than Jock of the Bushveld. Just watch Tokyo Story. You only have 90 minutes at a time in your life. We use them wisely. Um, I'm also going to say they don't buy it, so trash. Um, but uh, it's all right. It's not. <laughs> 
No, no. I'm right. What did you did you rate it on Letterbox? Letterbox? No, yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't think I could give stars. Z- stars. Zero out of five stars. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a couple at best, and then that's probably generous. Okay, so he, yeah. he's so it's there not well it made. He's just trying to save, save face it's, yeah. it's, with, his fa- with his friends. It's <laughs> not. It's it's not well made. I mean, okay. for, for sure, it's cheaply made, and there are poorly well, written. Yeah, there's definitely some bad dialogue uh, throughout the movie. But that being said, it, it's it's inoffensive. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't think any of that, that sort of gets in the way, and it provides to an extent some sense of charm. What's that? Hold on. Oh, we got a new Bolton coming in. Dustin thinks colonialism is unoffensive. Oh, wow, scorching hot takes that <sighs> Professor sells today. That's not what I said. <laughs> you know, there's a. I watched a a a cheap, poorly produced, and in some respects, definitely bad dialogue having film this week. Called Planet One of the greatest space. of all time. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. it was great. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can be kind of janky and still one of the best movies ever made. And really cook with gas. Oh, we're, yeah. we're strong supporters of Troll 2 in this household. So yeah, we true. are. That's true. Yeah, we are. Um, I, we can't piss on hospitality. And I will oh. say, thank you, Zeb. Seb? Seb. 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 Sebastian. Sebastian. Thank you, Seb, for your very interesting suggestion, because obviously we would not have watched this otherwise. And I, I am always... You know, it's one thing to experience global cinema as far as like the canon. It is another thing to see a forgotten children's film that may or may not have been made for TV. Mm-hmm. But it is a nice experience, if nothing yeah, else. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so. just a fun little, you know, curio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, if you have, you have well, well, yeah, I knew what you were going to do. If you have a little, a little curio share with us uh, to, to, you know, pick Jock the Bush, you can let us know. Uh, gosh, genrecast at gmail.com. That is good trash genrecast at gmail.com for all of your, your little bits of feedback that you may or may not have. Uh, you can also find all of us on Letterboxd. He's Dustin Sells. He's the Arthur Gordon. I'm Dalton Stewart. You can just put my first last name in Letterboxd and find me, I think. Uh, Sometimes I underscore my cells. Yeah. I, I think that that's kind of because Letterboxd like, usually asks you for a first and last, or not usually, does ask you for a first and last name. If you answer that with your first and last name, I think it makes mm-hmm. you pretty findable on there. So uh, we're not really posting stuff from uh, show accounts anymore, but yeah, keep up with what, what we're watching. Maybe give yourself a little hint at what the homework coming up might be. If you see, we've all three watched something. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game you can play. Yeah. Uh, last but certainly not least, you go to patreon.com forward slash GTM to find out what's in it for you as far as supporting this show goes. So patreon.com. And if you want to uh, help us support uh, or help support us and uh, get a little something in return, that's patreon.com forward slash GTM. Uh, find out more there. Uh, and you know, if you're hungry for more podcasts, you can know about uh, the wheel of Randy with Dan Wayne Wade and, He's down with Heath and Alex. If you uh, kind of like do on this show and want to see other people do it, do it with other media. Uh, those are the other, the other shows on our network. Mm-hmm. So go, go check that out. Arthur, we're continuing a little bit of a potpourri. No, no. Yeah, marathon. we're just popping around. Yeah. Around. Yeah. We'll, we'll just jump around, see what pops up. up. Uh, and, and so next week, I thought, you know what? I like a movie that has like an A-list cast that absolutely gets buried. Like, oh, sure. No one yeah. hears about yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. And then you find out about it like 20 years later. You're like, what? I'm so excited about this. Whatever whatever it is. I love that exact thing you just described. And when I found out about this movie, Mm -hmm. maybe within the last year or so, I was like, we've got to do that on the show at some point. It just has to happen. Okay. Okay. Tell us the cast first before you tell us the movie. You're you're, going to put it together, I think. Okay. Don't don't say anything. Okay. Just picture this. Okay. Picture Gary Oldman. Yes. Matthew McConaughey. I want to. Kate Beckinsale. I'm there. Uh, Patricia Arquette. Oh, shit. David Allen Greer. Oh, shit. I'm sold. No, Dustin. You, 
You want to talk about inoffensive. Oh, Next week... You put your money down too quick. We take down the 2003-something <laughs> Tiptoes. And <sighs> wow, wow, we're going to be joined in studio by I, a very special guest. I knew it. Our dear friend, maybe the longest friend of the show, local filmmaker Nick Sanford will be in studio to talk about Tiptoes. Tiptoes is the name of the movie. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't, I have no, no let's, let's, reference. We'll, we'll get it to him off air. Off air. You, yeah, let's we'll say off air. Uh, well, I, I'm happy to my, uh, Is it a ballet movie? No. No, 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 no. I guess I'm excited to see Mikey's dad next week. That'll be nice. In, in studio with, with Sanford. Is it a spy movie? Uh, no. No. Oh my God. It is a love triangle. It's, uh, well, it's a film they covered on, uh, how did this get made? Oh, so it's that kind it's of one movie. of that kind of movies. It's, we're really, Arthur's bringing us some trash. I'm there for it. No, is this that, is what we is do. Is that the secret theme of February? No. Okay. We're All just right. putting the trash back in good There's trash. There's no theme. I'm just picking stuff. We're just picking stuff. We're good trash trashy again. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch Tiptoes. Sounds oh great. God. Well, you keep watching. We'll keep talking and we'll see you all next time. Thank you.